Hello, I'm John Vergara, and welcome to the first episode of the Probably Speaking podcast. I'm joined by my sister, Paula Vergara. Welcome, everyone. So in this first episode, we're going to give listeners an earful by delving into some of our family history by way of a lively Q&A session, as well as tell the tale of the crazy Spanish fig. <laughs> a little hint, it's not about fruit. As with every episode, we will comment on what these stories have taught us regarding the fig. We regard our kids learned early on that you can never forget where you came from and the people that enabled you to reach your dreams. Okay, so what is it with this probably speaking title? You're probably thinking, are they being racist on purpose? Well, if we said we were quoting Jesus, would that help? Probably not. We'll get into that later. As Paula and I brainstormed a proper title for this podcast, we went through all sorts of runner-ups. Some were very markety, many were already taken. It really wasn't until we started reminiscing about some classic Vergara-isms that we came up with this title. But what does it mean? Literally, probably speaking is Spanglish for in all likelihood, or I bet, or I think, yeah. I'm not sure exactly, but this phrase, probably as speaking, seems to sum up our childhood perfectly, but that will be made more clear over time. Okay, so now that we got that Jesus awkwardness out of the way, <laughs> we've got a lot to dig into. Are you ready, yeah. John? Of course. Are you, are you squirming a little bit? Always. <laughs> okay, I promise not to give, I promise to give you some of the easier questions so you won't get flustered. Okay, I, I should be all right. Okay, so what is your favorite Christmas memory as a kid? Hmm, there's so many to choose from because <laughs> Christmas was a big deal in our house. But um, in keeping with our theme, uh, I'd say there's one Christmas Eve, however, that I will never forget. So here's how, here's how it goes. It was somewhere around 1974, 75, I was 14 and my father was chief of anesthesia at a hospital right outside of Boston. He was there um, as chief from the 1970s, early 70s through the early 90s. Um, Jose or Pepe studied at the University of Valencia Medical School in Spain in the late 1940s. And he did his first residency in obstetrics and gynecology before doing a second residency in anesthesia later on in when he got to Rhode Island in the United States. There are some good stories from the OBGYN days at, yes, an insane asylum, but we'll save those for another time. <laughs> um, so back to Christmas Eve, 1974-ish, um, you may recall, those of you that were uh, around in those days, that there were no cell phones. There was no separate lines for my father for, because he was always on call from the hospital. So he would always be yelling us to stay off of the phone because on nights that he was on call mm -hmm. because he could get a call from the hospital with an emergency. Or his beeper. So of course, what happened on Christmas Eve, just before we were all piling into the woody wagon to go to Christmas Eve mass 
down the street. I remember that station wagon. And yeah, uh, the phone rang. And of course, there was emergency. So dad piled us all in the car right away and said, I just got to make a stop at the hospital on the way to mass. You guys wait out here in the car. So we got there in a couple of minutes. He ran into the hospital and after about 15 or 20 minutes, he came walking out to the car. Uh He says, John, John, come with me in his (laughs) Spanish accent. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, here we Uh go. So I follow him into the emergency room and he pulls me into one of the, uh, one of the chambers there and pulls back the uh, curtain. And there before me was a very, very dead man. This guy was so dead. He was blue. And when I say blue, I mean like blue. Was he, was he old? <laughs> he was He was old. He was probably in his 90s. Um, clearly, the guy had lived a nice long life. Um, but that's not what I was thinking at the time. I was thinking I'm about to pass out. Right. Um, his eyes were open, looking right at me, mm. mouth agape. Great. And he was in his uh, final breath death stance, I guess you would say. Great. Uh, slightly propped up on the gurney. And I was like, whoa. Mm. And my father turned to me and said, I'm not bringing you in here to shock you for any weird way. I'm here to show you that this is what death looks like. We worked hard to make this, you know, to see if we could revive this man, but it wasn't happening and it was just his time to go. And I think it's, he said to me, I remember very clearly, I just wanted to, I think it's very important that I show you this. You're ready to uh, see this uh, at this age. And uh, I want to make sure that you saw this and experienced it and were not, was not afraid. You won't, so that you won't be afraid of this in the future because there's nothing to be afraid of. Wow. That's amazing. So it was a, it was a character building opportunity for you. Well, certainly my therapist thinks so, but (laughs) (laughs) right. Right. Um, Yeah. So I I remember going back out to the car in kind of like a, uh, a fog and we got in the car and nobody asked me anything about it. And we went to church and I couldn't tell you what happened at church that Christmas Eve (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Wow. That's quite a story. So that's my Christmas Eve story. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So aside from that, we've heard a lot of other crazy family stories growing up. Uh, what is one of your favorites? Well, yeah, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I'm thinking we need to talk about the story of the fig. Oh, my God. I love that story. I definitely tell it. Okay. So here goes. The story of the fig or El Figo, as they say in Spain. So here goes. In the, this little pueblo uh, of Via Malaya, Spain, in the late 1920s, here's for a little background, uh, in the La Mancha Plateau or farming region of central Spain, our father, Jose Vergara Perez, was born and raised. He was the eldest of three boys and eventually emigrated to the United States in 1955 as a medical resident. And then, as mentioned earlier, went on to become an anesthesiologist. However, he grew up in Spain during the time of Francisco Franco's regime. 
and the Spanish Civil War in the 1930s. And we'll get in more into that later. Um, there are all sorts of stories that we'll be telling about the fabled Dr. Vergara and his upbringing and all kinds of things that have been told to us our entire lives. But for now, let's begin this series with the story of the fig. So for a little background, um, in this tiny two-horse town of Villamalea, Spain, our family apparently had one of those two horses. Uh, in other words, since the 1920s, the Vergara family owned the major businesses that made up this small town. There was a hydroelectric plant that my grandmother created with her father and ran, uh, a large farm, as well as a pretty... Um, comprehensive flour mill in town. No, I remember going to Villamalea when I was in my 20s and I did a little bit of research and the population of Villamalea in 1920 was 2700 people and now it's yeah. about 4000. Uh, I remember growth. being I remember being there tiny tiny town. I remember being there uh driving in shotgun in the car with uh our uncle Tia Juan and there were no street lights and you had to beep at intersections to let other cars know you were coming to avoid an accident. Yeah. So I think it's like that even today. That, that, that's it how it's, it's just really stuck in time. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, back to this story, you know, there, there are, you know, for additional background, there are townspeople all over this village that work for our family in various capacities. If we weren't related to them, they somehow worked for us and often both. So, well, apparently this, there is this guy that is the center of the story. His name is Matthias, also known as El Figo. Yes, they called him the fig. He had worked for our family on both the side and uh, the farm side, as well as in the mill in one job or another for his entire life. Our dad had a soft spot for this man, as he did for many of the family employees that he knew from his childhood. Um, at the time of this story, El Figo was somewhere in his mid to late 80s, but was still working on the farm. And due to that life of hard physical labor, he looked every year of those 80 years <laughs> that he had. Okay, so here's where things get interesting. El Figo had that name for a reason. He had a benign growth hanging, dangling, if you will, off the tip of his nose. Yes. And this growth was the shape of a large whole fig. You get it? The no. Yeah. Apparently, this growth started as a small bump when he was a young man. But over time and without any real medical resources in the area, it had grown out of control and almost taken on a life of its own. He had suffered with this fig hanging off of his nose for over 40 years, and it had gotten so big that it interfered with his ability to eat and drink. Yeah. Wow. So during a visit to Spain in the late 1970s, our dad ran into him and said, Matthias, what the hell? Why hadn't you had this? Why haven't you had this removed yet? And Matthias said to him, he had been to the doctor, but was told that he was too old and it was not cancerous. So my dad said, 
that thing needs to come off. It would only take a few minutes to remove and it's making your life miserable. So dad had a consultation with his assistant, his younger brother, Juan, no medical degree whatsoever. And they agreed to assist in the removal of the fig from the nose of said Matthias. So they carefully thought through what equipment would be needed, which they attain, obtained in town with the help of the local pharmacist, as well as the practicante, which is really a, a PA, someone who has a degree that's more than a nurse, but less than a doctor and can do some, some pretty you know, basic medical stuff around town. The surgical equipment apparently included a typical needle, uh, a Bunsen burner, and hemostat clamps to hold the needle. Some sterile gauze, alcohol, et cetera, was also used along with a clean white tablecloth that was laid on a table in the middle of a courtyard to perform the operation outdoors. Awesome. Hey, just Super like a sterile. real operating room, right? Yeah, not quite, not especially sterile, but good enough. <laughs> so as they sat in the courtyard outside of Matthias's home, dad went ahead and injected a local anesthetic into his nose. And with all of his family and our family and neighbors and other coworkers from all over town, they all gathered in the upper balcony to witness this miracle operation. So our Tio Juan, Tio Juan was in his glory, finally assisting his older brother in this very intricate surgery. <laughs> Tia Juan scrubbed in and gloved, as did our dad. Uh, Juan operated the Bunsen burner and heated the needle to sterilize it. Our dad tied off the connection between the fig and Matthias's nose with skillful dexterity and a steady hand. And he sliced off that fig and efficiently cauterized the wound with a hot needle to prevent any bleeding. In a second, the fig was finally removed after 40 years. Wow. From the base of Matthias's nose. Wow. Yeah. The old man felt nothing and the operation was a huge success without a drop of blood being spilled. Dad, of course, being the character that he was, decided he was going to deposit the fig in a jar of formaldehyde that he gifted to Matthias. Yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> So our dad, of course, was given a standing ovation from the balcony crowd. Um, when he paid a visit to Matthias a few days later, there was no trace of any fig remnants, if you will. It had already healed perfectly. Matthias hugged our father and said, men like you should never die, <laughs> which was about as profound as he was going to get. Right. Uh, Matthias could now eat and drink without having to lift the fig up with his hand. Ugh. When dad arrived home from Spain and told our mom of his heroic operation very proudly, he was of course in trouble because mom being the American was convinced that he was going to get sued. Oh, please. It's family. <laughs> that fig is probably still sitting in a jar of formaldehyde up in someone's attic in, in Malaya at this very moment. I wouldn't doubt it. I wonder if anyone has mistaken it for like a Spanish sausage. Oh. <laughs> I, I think be, because we were raised by a doctor and a nurse, 
I think we've become sort of desensitized to anything that's disgusting like this. So we can tell these stories without flinching, but other people might be a little yeah, grossed out I, by I it. We're not bothering anybody, but yeah, it was, <laughs> we thought it was hilarious when we were yeah. kids, when we yes. heard this. Yes. So, and we were very proud of our father. <laughs> right. So while Matthias might have been a simple campesino or field worker, the truth is that it was his hard work that enabled our family, the funds to send our father to medical school. Yep. That effort was not lost on our dad. And he made sure he gave back in any way that he could, even with the simple kind act of taking the time to make someone's remaining years just a little bit better. So Paula, yes, the, those are a couple of stories for our first podcast of probably speaking. What do you think? I think it's just the tip of the iceberg, really. Um, these stories fit in perfectly with our objective, as we stated in the beginning. Um, they've, this has taught us something valuable, and we're, we're still telling these stories to this day. So yep. thanks uh, for listening to our first episode. We look forward to telling you more stories very soon. And boy, do we have some great stories. We'd like to thank everyone for listening. And I hope these conversations have inspired you to reminisce about your own family stories. Tune in next month when we'll be chatting with actress Sadie Alexandru. Sadie is an, is an award-winning actress. She was a Mad Men regular, just to name drop a little bit. And she will share some of her stories about her own family and how they succeeded despite all sorts of international intrigue. Be sure to subscribe and listen for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.